Welcome to the Family Biz Show. According to Family Enterprise USA, family businesses in the U.S. account for over 64% of GDP and employ 62% of the workforce. In other words, they are the backbone of our economy. But success doesn't come easy. Only 13% are operating in the third generation. The Family Biz Show is here to help. Listen in to hear stories from other family businesses and industry thought leaders so that you and your family not only survive, but thrive. Welcome to the Family Biz Show. My name is Michael Columbus with Family Wealth and Legacy in Rochester, New York. And we have a heck of a show for you today. We have the Delora family from CAD Dimensions in Syracuse, New York. And I am super excited um, to have them on. Um, and they may not even all know this, but when I started this show, Pete would listen in and I'm like, Pete, you listen to the show as I'm doing these recordings live. I got to have you on. So I'm really excited. Here we are two years later and uh, we get you on. So as our welcome to all three of you, welcome, you know, we have Pete, Andy and Tom DeLora. Um, what I'd love for you guys to do as our, is our tradition is, you know, jump on, tell, you know, introduce yourself, give us a little background about how you entered the business and what generation you are as you're doing, you know, going through this. So Pete, I'll kick it off with you. Great, thanks, Michael. Um, my name is Pete Delora, and and as uh, Michael was just saying, I, I started the family business back in uh, actually back in 1989. We incorporated in '90, and it's been uh, just a thrill ever since. So uh, basically, what what we do is is we're a solution provider for engineering and manufacturing applications which is a little bit of software, a little bit of hardware. And now even uh, with, with the changes that have come about in the past couple of years with COVID and, and the working process being shifted around, although in manufacturing, you still have to have some on-site, but a lot of it is now the engineering is being done remote. We've gone more into the service sector as well. It was always a, 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 a product that we wanted to get bigger into. And now we're finding that uh, doing services for our clients, for our customers, is, is turning out to be uh, um, a, a very big part of our business for the future. So, um, you know, kind of what I do, although I, I will say, and we can get into it a little bit later too, but one of the things that, that I have uh, accomplished over the past 10 years is create a succession plan. And so now I'm bowing out in uh, going into, uh, I'll say semi-retirement, my sons may say full retirement, but now I'm bowing out and, uh, and they're starting to take over. Great. So. Thank, thanks for joining us, Pete. Andy, Tom, who wants to go next? Yeah, I, I, I can jump in, Mike. Uh, appreciate you having us. And uh, my, my journey into the family business is a little bit different in that uh, I did not go to school for, for engineering um, and, and kind of learned that, long, learned that through, uh, through osmosis. But uh, I, I went to school for sports management, and after college, I, I spent four years working in the front office for the Rochester Red Wings. Okay. Uh, so out, out in your neck of the woods. Yeah. And, uh, Naomi Silver's been on this show. Fantastic. <laughs> Another good, good, uh, good family legacy. Um, 
so I, and at the time I, I didn't really think about the family business and it wasn't until uh till you know my, my dad and I would have our, our weekly Sunday chats when I was living out in Rochester and we would talk about you know the week and stuff and and uh the more I realized what I was doing for the Red Wings and sales and management had a lot of parallels to what my dad was doing with with CAD Dimensions so when a uh, a sales position opened up in our our Rochester office at the time I, him and I had a long conversation over, over lunch and, and thought, yeah, you know what, this, this makes sense for, for me to, to get involved and uh, really just fell in love with the industry. And, and, you know, I look back and say that in, with the Red Wings, I was selling, you know, sports and entertainment with, uh, with what we do here at CAD Dimensions, we're really solving problems. And, uh, and that really resonated with me. And as I said, I just kind of fell in love with, uh, with what we get to do every day. And in hindsight, as, as much as I loved my time with the Red Wings, I, I wish I had started, uh, with CAD Dimensions even earlier because it uh, really, really became passionate about what we do. But you wouldn't have been who you are today without it. <laughs> and so I will share with you, Andy, I have my rejection letter from the front office of the Miami Dolphins when I applied to them in 1993. And, you know, I still keep that letter, you know, I'm from the Joe, from the Robbie family. <laughs> <laughs> It, it, it um, is a great point. It is a great point about not, not being where who I am today without that experience. Yeah. You wouldn't have made that connection about how business is similar. You know, I tell people all the time, I don't care what business you're in. There's a formula. They all run the same. Yep. They're all different, but they all run the same at the end of the day. There's, you know, you've it's people, it's processes, it's execution, it's strategy. You need to put that magic together, the culture of the business. To, to make those things happen. So great point that you were able to make that parallel. Tom, how are yeah, you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having us, Michael. Um, so I, I will say Andy did join, join the business after the Red Wings, but I, I think technically we both joined the business probably when we were maybe, maybe seven and 10, when we were vacuum and landscape and, uh, and clean the bathrooms. So, so been on the books for some time, but, but my, my <laughs> journey back to, uh, back to CAD Dimensions uh, I went to school for electrical engineering. Uh, I got hired right out of school for a DOD contractor uh, and, and worked there for several years and, and just got the, got the understanding of a very large business. So, so kind of playing a role of a team and, and growing in that team. Um, but at the end of the day, I felt not undervalued, but, but the impact that I was having on the business was just kind of a, a checkbox, not really something that I could go home and, and really feel proud of. Um, so within, uh, within probably my fourth year uh, being there, uh, my, my dad and brother had sent me over a document and it was a new product that, that SolidWorks, our, our, um, our software product, had just released an electrical type product. Um, and they said, hey, what is this? What does it do? <laughs> Can you explain this to us? Uh, so help us sell it. it. Yeah, help us sell it was the, was the bigger thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so in... in what I knew of CAD Dimensions, they, they sold mechanical engineering software and, and 3D printing hardware. So with my line of education, it wasn't really a great fit. But once I saw that document and started understanding, all right, there is an electrical aspect of, of what CAD Dimensions is doing. That really got my brain thinking. And, and between knowing that there was a fit for me at CAD Dimensions and, and knowing that I could have a, a bigger impact on a day-to-day -day, uh, basis, uh, that's when I, I actually reached out to, to my brother, Andrew, first. Uh, to say, all right, if, if I wanted to do this, what would it look like and, and where would the fit be? And then, uh, then going to my dad and says, all right, I, I think I want to do this and, and, and can, can we make this happen? Um, so yes, yeah, so, uh, 
similar to Andrew, we, we, we went away, we, we followed what, what we, uh, we learned in school, uh, but, but there is something about that family business that, that brings you right back to it. That's very cool. Thank you. Um, Pete, talk about, you know, the formation of, you know, CAD dimensions and, you know, I've heard it a little bit, you know, um, 3D printing software and hardware and, but tell sure. us what you guys do. Sure, sure. So, so um, the formation, we actually uh, sell, as Andy had, had pointed out before, a solution for a manufacturer. I mean, 99% of our customers are into manufacturing or design engineering. Okay. So what, what back 30 years ago, uh, when CAD really first started to hit the market, it was a new avenue for engineering and manufacturing to kind of um, become more efficient, to modernize their process. Software companies came out, big, big systems, big expenses. I mean, um, for several years, I sold the a CAD software package for $150,000 or $100,000. They were monsters, uh, big computers. You know, it, it took a complete environment. Then a company came along and it was, I'll give the credit to Autodesk who actually wrote the first PC-based software program for CAD. And it came out and you could buy a personal computer for it. You didn't need a mainframe. You didn't need a Sun or an SGI, some of the bigger, bigger cost systems. And the market opened up. So there, I had worked for a, a national manufacturer in the engineering Reaper graphics business. A bunch of us, they bought a CAD company or a software company and started the CAD business. So I worked there for several years. They decided to let the company fold, a um, number of different reasons. But a bunch of us started our own business. That went for about two years, and then I broke off from that business that dissolved and uh, started CAD Dimensions. Again, there was a need for that um, uh, reseller, if you will, which is what we are, and the market was shifting. So, so we became a reseller for software and hardware vendors. We buy product. We marry the products together. We buy a piece of software. We buy a piece of hardware. We marry them together. And then we sell it as a system. That's what we were all about in the beginning. Today, things have multiplied and changed and we've grown. And the market no longer demands that. The market now demands instant online uh, SaaS models. So, so now it's software as a service. So you download the software from the cloud. You use it for a month or two or a year or 10. And you pay as you use. So our systems have all changed. And 3D printing came about partially because of that change because people wanted things quicker and faster. So we picked up a, 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 a 3D printing vendor back in 2003, I think it was, or 2004. And we've been working with that vendor uh, for the past several years. And their products have developed to the point now where 3D printing is affordable, it's easy, um, and we've got multiple, multiple customers that are now using it in multiple applications. It's gone from just prototypes to printed parts Love in it. multiple, a, a number of different plastics, metals, what, whatever you need. Okay. So Andy and Tom, you, you've been working with your dad now for how many years? 
Uh, 15 years for me, just under I'm, 10 for Tom. Yeah, I'm okay. at nine right now. So I, I have to believe that since the day your father started the business, not everything was always, you know, roses and rainbows, right? Yeah. So what are the, you know, what are the stories? What are some of the things that you've heard and you know that your dad's proud of that he's overcome through, you know, the years of running CAD Dimensions? Um, you know, I, just Pete, and you can chime in at any time as well. But one of the, you know, one of the things I've got to believe is you've been running this long enough that the word pivot is just part of your vocabulary well before, you know, well before COVID happened where everybody else had to, you know, understand that word. But I, I will just preface them by saying I am absolutely familiar with the word pivot. We've done <laughs> it forever and we've made changes, Michael, throughout our, our years uh, and change can be for the good. But what the boys have shown me is the, the pivot now can be 300 or I should say 358 degrees. So, so the pivot has gotten bigger and um, the change has gotten bigger and more of it. And, and I don't think that's a bad thing. Yeah, Tom or Andy, do you either one you wanna throw some examples of some of the things that have happened through the years? So I'll, I'll just say that uh, I think growing up, um, part of what, our dad did was, was a mystery to us. So, so we knew, knew, we knew that he came into the office. We knew he worked really hard. Um, and as I grew up and, and would be around the office, I, I would jump on a computer and, and learn what the software was and be able to build a block and be able to build some, some parts and say, Oh, this is cool. Uh, not until I, did I join the business that I know how much effort goes into to running an organization and, and being able to manage the HR side and the, and the hiring and the, the finances of it all. Um, so I think as in my head, my, my dad was a, was a salesperson. When I realized what, what it truly meant to be an entrepreneur, it is such a heck of a lot more than, than what it is on a, on a day-to-day that, that everything is a change from, from your day-to-day basis. Yeah, and Mike, I, I would add to that, right? You had asked what, uh, what we think he's proud of. And I, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I, I can assume that uh, he's very proud of the influence he's had within not only just our lives, but the lives of our employees. So I think looking back in the, uh, the, the late 80s, early 90s, when he was starting this, and, and dad, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't know if, uh, if your vision went as far as we've gotten today to today to say that we are going to be a 50-person employee that, that you know, spanned across the entire East Coast at this point. Um, and, and to have people retire from CAD Dimensions and to have friends and family be part of uh, the CAD Dimensions story and to have employees that have been with us for 30 years so I think all of that is uh, is ex- something that that I know I'm proud of, and I'm, I'm sure that you are as well, as far as uh, what you've been able to build when it comes to the culture of CAD Dimensions. And I think that's probably the one thing that uh, that we collectively are extremely proud of is is the culture that we've we've continued to uh, to build because of the example that he's set and because of the foundation that he's he's provided us. Uh, that you're, you're you're spot on, and I couldn't have said it better. Um, um... Years ago, when, when I started CAD Dimensions, uh, I had the vision of being an entrepreneur, of starting my own business, and it just happened to be in this realm only because I was familiar with it and I understood it, and at the time, there was a need for it. Looking ahead or looking back, uh, I you know what? It, 
it was let's just do it and see how far we can go and let's keep it going. And in 2003, I uh, actually brought my college roommate into the business and I said, here's my dilemma. And his wife had already been working for me as my bookkeeper. So I said, here's the dilemma. I can't do everything. And I had to fess up to it to say, I, I can't find more vendors and still call on customers. And so I brought him in. I said, your job is to go find more vendors, not business, but vendors that we can sell their products. I went and hired more salespeople. And we went from, I think we doubled, doubled the business in three years and then doubled it again. So, um, so it, was, it was a great move. And again, from that time forward, that was when we started to form the family business. When Andy came in, it just made my life so much easier because he thought like me and he saw things the way I did. And he was able to build up our Rochester market uh, tremendously. And from there, we were able to expand down into Pennsylvania. And anyways, it, it just worked out so good. And when Tom came in, it, it was just, okay, now we have a technical mind behind us. So it was just an absolute match. I mean, it just worked so well. So we were able to cover all the bases. And then I went off and started doing more of the administrative stuff. So it, it was absolutely a, uh, a, a huge factor. Having the boys in the business, it, it makes you so proud. I can't wait to get to work every day. It is, it is fun. And, you know, it's, uh, I loved, you know, so, you know, my, my father was uh, first generation before me started, you know, what, what we do. Uh -huh. um, for us, though, it's like we had tons of mutual respect but we did not always do well working together. So we, we were, you know, two offices apart and we had separate books of businesses, but we all, we would collaborate, but never really work together. And, you know, so it was when he sold his business, I bought the family owned businesses from him in 2018. And uh, it was just an interesting dynamic. So I think it's, you know, I think it's great when you're sitting there saying, I have my boys you know, with me doing this stuff and you collaborate really well, work really well. It's also okay. You know, there's some family businesses that it doesn't work that way. And sure. so it's, yeah, no, I, I love the fact that you do. I, I can, I can absolutely understand that. But, but the other thing, Michael, and, and you can't disguise it, it's a family business living together, working together. There's going to be some tension. And I think one of the things that we've done extremely well, and I would, it's one of my highlights is we do listen to each other and we do hear what we're saying so we can have a debate we can get down and dirty and get angry at each other and, and get really frustrated but at the end of the day we're still family so we leave together so I think that has been a plus and I've had plenty of nights where I go home talking to myself wondering okay <laughs> but it's it's always for the right reasons and uh, and we're not afraid to you know, um, uh, be open with each other. Good. Yeah. No. And that's, I mean, so where did that come from that, that ability for you to say, was that just a natural thing or did, you know, you know, I'll, I'll go back and I'll extend it to the family business being literally a part of your family and how you were brought up and how you see your company being ran. And as Andy had alluded to before, we, we take personal pride in all of our people, all of our employees, 
we want this to be a great place and a good environment. And I'll say it goes right back to how I grew up, how my parents taught me and what they, the values that they instilled in me. And uh, again, it's just another generation. We keep, we keep increasing it. We keep pushing it forward. And I am so thrilled uh, and, and proud of, of my sons and my daughter who have the same values that were instilled in me, we instilled in our children. And, and it's carried forward and, and the boys running the company now have the same family value that I have for our employees. So it goes a long way. So, so Mike, I, I can add to that that as well a little bit, because I think for me, it, it was more of a learned process, right? In, in learning through observation. And I will say my dad is one of the most patient man, people I've ever met. Um, and I think that that has uh, helped our relationship because especially early on, as he had mentioned that him and I are, are very similar minded. And when, when you get two people that think the same, there, there's typically conflict, right? And, and there's some, some collision that takes place and we have plenty of that. Um, and I think what I've, I've learned over, over the past you know, decade plus was really to how to follow his lead and, and try to instill that patience and, and try to understand the, the root cause of what the, that battle is. Um, and, and realize what the, the, what we're trying to get is the same thing. We're trying to reach the same end goal. We just have different ways of doing that. So I, uh, I would say, as I mentioned his patients, a lot of bosses, I'll say probably would have fired me a long time ago for the, uh, the comments that I've made and the, the arguments that I've, uh, I've started with him. But, uh, in, in a lot of what we've, we've talked about and what we've worked through over the years, uh, it really kind of setting the, the guideline or setting the roadmap for, for how to treat other people. And I think that goes back to the, the family values that he's, he's instilled in us. It just took me a little bit longer than most to, uh, to mature and realize what, the, what that meant. Yeah, I, I, can sh I can share that with you, Andy. Um, it, I think that uh, I, I might've been a little quick on the trigger a few, a few times, <laughs> uh, too many. And it is, and it's, and it is something learned. Um, you, you know, Pete, I know this about, you guys, you know, one of the things that you have done is you joined the New York Family Business Center. Yes. Um, I, like, like, how many years ago did you become involved with that? Oh, my gosh. It's got to be at, well, probably 12, 10 or 12. Yeah, I, think, I think we're, yeah, 12 or 13, I think. 12 or 13. Yeah. So in, in, in it, you, you bring that up too, Michael, because there's been so much that we've been able to learn and to use through the Family Business Center. And being able to share what we go through with other businesses, not related at all, but outside of the fact they're family businesses. And to get that sense of comfort, to get that sense of feeling that, okay, it's not just me. I'm not going crazy. You know, these are things that happen and here's ways that we can work with it. And um, with Tom and Andy, uh, when we go to these meetings and, and it's a joint meeting where you know, the peer groups will separate or do do their own conversations and then you come together. It's It really is encouraging and helpful to understand that these are some of the aspects of a family business. These are some of the things that you have to understand and, and um, how you can go about uh, working within the family to, to solve them. Yeah. And they, you know, bring in speakers from the outside world and consultants that you would never have been exposed to. And, you know, so I tell all of our family businesses, 
you know, don't, you're, you're, you're not on an island. You do not have to reinvent the wheel all the time. And, you know, whether it's, you know, in New York, we're blessed. Buffalo has a center. Rochester has a center. You've got Syracuse and Cornell. You know, we've got lots of different family business centers to, to take advantage of. Um, so, huge yeah. factor. Absolutely a huge factor in, in um, being a Lemoyne alum and having the family business center located at Lemoyne. We kind of pushed the envelope a little bit and we asked them, uh, we, uh, the, the group, the family businesses that were in our group, were having a little bit of an issue. We wanted to educate middle management with mm -hmm. a certain way, with a, with a, with a, a specific curriculum. And we went to Lemoyne and, and the Family Business Center put the course together. It was a six-week course. And we took all, all those who potentially had the ability to become middle managers, whether they were in sales or support or service, it didn't matter. But anyways, we taught them the soft skills. We taught them the accounting practices that need to be. We, we, we went through and literally laid out this course over six sessions and we put them through it and it, we ran it, I believe guys for two sessions, right? Yep. We had two, uh, two courses. So a total of 12 weeks and, uh, boy, was it, was it huge? And, and again, I think we put eight people through it, six or eight people and, um, brought them in from Rochester, wherever, wherever they were located. And, and it was a one day you'd, you'd go up to Lemoyne. I think it was about a four, four hour time frame. Um, and we did it once a month for say, or twice a month for three months. And then we did it again. So yes, having that family business center is a big factor. And again, putting everybody in the same room is so helpful. And, and um, um, we've gone down to the Cornell group uh, a couple of times um, when, when they've had guest speakers. Uh, in fact, um, we had our picture taken with um, um Oh, the name escapes me now. Ken Ken Blanchard. Was Ken Blanchard. Sure. Yeah. How, how can I forget pioneers Ken, right? of management? Yeah. Yep. Yep. So so uh, yes, I would totally suggest to the group listening if they have access to a family business business center, you definitely want to exploit that. Yeah, and in the absence of the family business center. Just make sure you go through every episode of the Family Biz Show. Um, yes, yes, there you go. I have. I try to. Um, Tom, I want to. You know, uh, your brother and father mentioned. You know, they're a lot alike, and you're wired differently. How does that I, I work have. from your perspective? Uh, I, I am. So, so sometimes I play the referee. Sometimes I'm that deciding vote. Um, so I, I, I like to approach a question or approach a, an issue kind of more, all right, what is our next steps and, and being a little more pra pragmatic ab about that approach. Um, so uh, a lot of the times it does become, all right, if, if I, I feel this is a good idea and, and it's aligned with, with Andrew, then all right, how do we, how do we package this in a way for, for dad to understand and, and to buy into it? Um, what's also nice about being family members, if, if I can see Andrew pushing a little too hard for, for what he thinks is the correct answer. Uh, you can call that out uh, with, with, uh, without real, real repercussions to it, because at the end of the day, as my dad said, we're, we're still going to leave here family. So I, I think you do get to, um, you, you get to use your voice a little bit differently when, when you're talking to your brother and to your dad uh, versus talking to a, to a manager or to an employee where, where you can call that out and say, Hey, what, what are we trying to solve? Or can we take a step back and, and, let's just pause 
and, and figure out what we're trying to solve. Because um, ultimately, any any conflict that we have, the, the end result is how are we making CAD dimensions better for, for our customers and for our employees and, and kind of framing it back in that light to, to understand what are we trying to solve here. Yeah. So here's a question, Tom, and, and anybody can chime in as you're going through that. Have you guys ever read the book, Five Dysfunctions of a Team? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go there go you ahead. Go. We got multiple copies. <laughs> You just, I mean, Tom, I just want to you know, point out because I, I talk about that book on a regular basis, what, what happens between the Dolores that are, you know, the three of you is you have trust already. You know that you know that you can say things and that you're going to be okay. And so I go back, you know, constantly you talk about that, that next layer that are non-family members that are part of the management team. It's how do we instill that level of trust in them that they know they get to say whatever they want, as long as it's respectful and meaningful, you know, and, and part of a, a constructive conversation so that you can have that conflict. Without the trust, you can't have the conflict. And it's within that conflict that the best things happen. Exactly. You, you couldn't have said it better. It is... It... So, so one of the things that uh, when we talk about trust and we talk about change and, and uh, um, one of the things that the boys have done for the company, and, and I say for me and the company, but um, they brought a different um, attention span. They brought a different uh, way of looking at the business. For years in the beginning, as we hired people, you know, I just told them what their job was and how they it was very technical and, and um, you know, again, being not realizing in the beginning we were a family business. And then as we realized, my attitude changed a little bit because it's no longer just about the company. It's about the employee. Andy was working probably, I don't know, maybe three years or four years. And we had we had gone to a, a vendor um, a meeting. And it was about culture. And I said, well, we don't have that problem. Everybody knows our culture. And he looked at me and he said, dad, he goes, you've been in business for, I don't know, at the time, 10, 12 years. He said, you've been in business for so long. He goes, you've hired so many people. You know your culture. I don't think they know your culture. And it was so true. And from that point, I give him all the credit. We started CAD Life. And CAD Life is an acronym that, that stands, you know, I go through, you know, it's, it's customer, it's, it's uh, attitude, it's dedication, it's uh, uh, loyalty, it's integrity, um, it's family, and it's employee. And it just because it spells that way that it works out so well. But, but Michael, they brought that to the table. And I think that is what the next generation, I, my boys, I will say it till till um, I'm gone. They're way smarter than I was. They have a much broader scope uh, than I did. I was always focused on earning a living and, and being able to grow the company. Um, they look at things a little bit differently. So I think part of the family business allows us to have those changes. And when we bring somebody in, we hire uh, people based on our CAD life culture so that they learn right away how to follow it and what it means. So we will do things for the community. We will do, and, and in fact, uh, uh, right now, 
um, Arise is is one of our uh, uh, charity events that we work with the group down there to build toys for for the handicapped kids. I mean, it's just absolutely incredible. And and again, they set that up. Nice, love it. I love it. And you know, so few people capture the fact that those you know those soft things yep. you know it's touchy feely stuff and you know as you know a lot of times it's like ah we don't want to get into that but it means everything and it helps it helps you to make decisions like you said on hiring probably also helps you to make decisions on um de-hiring i like to you well, know yes we, we right sometimes right. call it de-hiring sure sure when they're not a culture fit it's that it's that stone in the shoe it's that pebble that's in there and it's like, oh, it's just causing this, you know, issue and it shouldn't. So Correct. good for you for doing that. I love, I love it. CAD life, I, you know, it's nice and easy to remember. I may not be able to get the, what all of the things <laughs> are in there, but, uh, you know, it's, but you can teach that. And I bet you, you know, like, I know this about Whole Foods. Whole Foods has a great reputation for creating a culture and, and, and sharing that culture with all the employees. And I've never tested this, but there's a Whole Foods coming into Rochester for the first time. Okay. Um, and I was told, and I'm going to, we'll test this, that you could go up to just about anybody at the store that works there and say, what are the company's core values? Sure. And they can give them to you. Well, you know, you have CAD life. Guess what? They may, it may take them a second to go through those things, but you know, they, they'll get what the, you know, the CAD dimensions core values are good for you. That's great. And um, I think with, with, with our culture though, it's, we have a lot of competition that sells the same products as us or are overlapping the same territory as us. So I think the more we can, can promote that culture and, and promote it externally. So now our customers know what, what our CAD, CAD life values mean and, and how it's going to impact them. And the fact that we'll go the extra mile for them. And, and that's part of our values. I think that really is a differentiator when, when we're looking at other competitors that, again, can sell the same software at the same price, same printer at the same price. What are we doing differently? And, and I really think that's where our culture can come into play. Right. Uh, a thousand percent. And, and, and you're right to mention that it's on both sides. It's internally and externally, culture means something. Um. What I wanted, Pete, you talked about 10 years ago, you started thinking about this transition um, and, and starting to, you know, to set these pieces up. One, what gave you the foresight to start that 10 years ago? Because that's pretty much unheard of in every business. Um, you know, it's, I always tell people, you know, the moment you start a business, you should be thinking about how am I getting out of this um, someday? <laughs> because otherwise, you know, you, you are the business. Um, where did that come from? And then what would you say were some of the milestones along the, you know, the last 10 years of putting that together to get to the point you're in today? So um, uh, I, I will go back to the family business. And we had a speaker come in to the uh, to, to our group, um, one of the actually Lemoyne professors and had started talking about who's got a succession plan. And that's what the, the conversation was all about, a succession plan had thought of it, never really gave much thought to it. And that's where the 10 years ago came from. He said, you know what, successfully, if you're going to write a su succession plan, you should look 10 years out. So at the time I was 
in my early 50s, I was like, yeah, okay, I'll get around to it eventually. But it kept thinking about it. I picked up a couple books in, in uh, regards to succession plan. Ken Blanchard had talked about succession planning. So I was like, all right, when, and, and both boys were in the company but, but by then, and I was like, all right, when do I want to stop? At what point would I be willing to hand it over? And there was some acquisition going on in our industry, right? And it was a matter of, right, do you sell? Do you keep it going? And I had talked to the boys. I said, this is a great business. We should really look to keep it going. Okay. So I went out and did a outline of my succession plan. And so for the first year, I kind of put the outline together. The second year, I made put a little bit more notes in it. But again, it wasn't it wasn't as much as um, a documentation. It was more like a living document. I kept adding to it and changing it. But it was about year six or year four, I should say, six years prior uh, that I actually went to the attorneys and said, okay, here's what I want to do. Here's what I'm thinking. And it involved my two key employees who happened to be married. They were, they were, uh, again, my college roommate and his wife and, and Linda actually worked for me longer than Gary did. But in any event, it involved them. It involved the boys. It involved how we were going to look at, you know, the stock in the company, what was going to be their take. And they had to get into it with some skin in the game, right? They had to understand what was on the table. So um, uh, we worked everything out. We made some tweaks here and there. But uh, again, it was longevity and how to keep it successful. Um, so now we're in year 10. This is year 10, right? So I am retiring, um, as I say, but it's a hard thing to do. It's, uh, I still come into the office about every day um, and still at eight o'clock, but I'm hoping as the weather starts to get better, there might be a little bit more golf in the afternoons. But at this point in time, I'm more working on the business than in the business. So uh, trying to take care of, you know, with COVID, uh, we had seven offices and with COVID, um, we went 100% remote. Yeah. So now we're back to about uh, probably around 85% remote, but we no longer need the remote offices because again, the change allowed us to, the, the succession uh, uh, allowed us to uh, move quicker into online training, quicker into you know, software distribution without physically being there. So with all that, the, the plan has come into place. The boys absolutely have more responsibility. Andy is now the president of the company and Tom is now an executive vice president. And the plan moves forward, right? So now it's up to them to pick it up and write their succession plan. Great. So Mike, I, I can add to that a little bit as well. And I think that for the, the first few years of that succession plan, it lived predominantly in your head, right? It was ideas, it was thoughts, uh, it, it was stuff that, that uh, you were internalizing. I think the last half of that succession plan is really when we started to, to put everything out on the table and have very open conversations about it, that really we started to see that progress, you know, right. almost that snowball effect of, of progress going forward. Yeah, well, I think that's, that's pretty normal. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, what I would say, Pete, to your credit, is that you were thinking about it 10 years ago, right. even if it was living in your head, because so many times we're so busy. Like you said, you're working on the business today. We're so busy working in the business 
and, and just moving that we're not taking the time to look at the what ifs and, you know, the, right. that SWOT analysis, you know, because that, that would have been a weakness if you didn't have that succession plan built inside of there. Tom, did you want to say add to that as well? Yeah, I think that to Andy's point, once that snowball starts, you start realizing, all right, if I have to document what I'm doing on a day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month basis, it, it, it's an overwhelming document or overwhelming concept to think of, all right, how is, how is Pete going to get this all out of his head and into, into Andrew and mine? So I, I think that it, it really does take 10 years to, to one, formalize what that transition is going to look like. And, and majority of that time is, is the documentation and, and the opportunities to train us that, that we can understand what, what, is, what is he doing uh, behind the door that we can do that going forward and, and being able to take that off his plate to, to allow for retirement, uh, yeah. I think is a, is a big, big opportunity to find when, when can you teach what you're doing uh, so, so somebody else can do it. A big part of that plan, though, too, Michael, was creating the buy-sell agreement. And there was a lot in our buy-sell agreement and, and to the point where it broke down, again, some of the stock uh, uh, shares and, and that type of thing, but also the tasks that the boys had to do. And then we would get together on a uh, try to get together on a regular basis and go over those reviews. And even still, you know, it's it's hard because you're you're so close and so involved in everything together when you sit down and review each other and say, okay, here's what you got to be doing. It's tough to do. So we've gotten in, in Andy and Tom have been way more diligent than I was in, in regards to holding us, uh, holding our feet to the fire to make sure we did that. And I think that has helped tremendously. Well, I think that's a great point, Pete, is that when we're talking about succession planning, we're talking about buy sell agreements and all of those you know, business continuity planning. Mm-hmm. When you're talking about that, there's two pieces to it. There's the people side and the technical side. And, and so I always, you know, when I'm working with a family, it's like, think about the people first, what's going on, who's where, what, you know, what are the things that they have to learn? And then when I, you know, when I have this vision of what it should look like, and I understand who the players are and how I'm going to affect all of these different lives. And, you know, Pete, you, you know, to your credit, it wasn't just family. It was key employees that were a part sure. of your thinking, not always the case for a lot of family businesses. So, you know, another hats off in my opinion. Um, but then it was then the technical piece. And, it you know, by the, based on what you said, you know, it, there was a lot of moving pieces to the technical side of things. And, you know, the attorney that helped you to draft those pieces had to be pretty expertise in that arena to be able to get that idea out. Because not every attorney in Syracuse, New York, or Rochester or Buffalo could do what was in your document. Would you agree? I would absolutely agree. It probably took us close to uh, nine months, maybe even a year to really write that document to where, to where we wanted it. Right. So, so you're absolutely right. It takes time to do these things. You can't just sit down and a couple hours or a couple weeks. It really takes time to do it. And you go back and forth. And it's not just me, right? I would, I would get it. I would review it with, with my team and, and tell them what was trying to, it wasn't a, a secret. Uh, and then once I had something, then we, we got deeper into it with the boys as well. 
so um but yeah i had told them for years i'm writing the buy, the uh, buy sell agreement they're like we don't see this document and i'm like well it's it's coming it's coming <laughs> we were always convinced this 10-year plan was rolling from the, from the time <laughs> i said the same thing about my father totally <laughs> It, it, it really is a, um, a challenge, right? Especially when you've worked in the company for, you know, 30, it was 30, 32 years, 33 years, I think we're in now. But when you've been in it so long and um, to sit and look forward to say, okay, what does it look like without me? It's tough. Yeah, no, I totally understand. And you know, my father, just I'll share this with you, was 70 when, he decided it was time for him to call it quits. And he knew that he needed to take it all the way up to the nth degree until he was ready to walk away. Yeah. Because if he, if he even dabbled, he would be doing it 60 hours a week, you know, yeah. and that's just the so, way that, that he worked, you know, was sure, doing things sure. and that's what worked for him. Yeah. Um, yeah. And everybody's different, right? So, right. so there is no right or wrong way with this. It's the way you, you need it to be. It's up and, to you to do and it. you communicate it. And that's right. the thing is you open up the conversations to say, here's what I'm thinking and feeling. And here's what's important to me. How do we get there and keep my ego? And, and there's nothing that I'm not talking ego from a bad perspective. I'm just talking about we all have ego and we need to protect our ego. So how do I protect my ego and what I need and potentially my financial you know, life and sure. you know, all of those things versus how do we make sure that you're you know, ego is taken care of. And again, I'm, I'm not using ego in a bad way. I think it's a, it, you, it's healthy to talk about the fact that we all come from things. We have an ego, we do things right. differently and we need to protect everybody's. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I think maybe, maybe not ego, but vision in that sense. So, so getting to understand, all right, what is dad's vision? What is our vision? How do those marry sure. up and, and how do we continue this going? It yeah. is really how, how his legacy is going to continue on in CAD dimensions is, is that we are, we are operating his vision on a day-to-day. -day. Yeah. And, 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 and nailing down those objectives that, that each person has. That's great. Um, I want to dive into something, either Andy or Tom. Um, you have a sister. Any other siblings? How many? No. Just, just a sister. And, and <laughs> the, is the, the she three involved in the business at all? I didn't even... I... I'll say indirectly. So she's a uh, she's an attorney. So we we use her firm for a lot of our uh, our, our internal stuff. But she's a family law attorney. Okay. So we uh, we don't have direct uh, direct interaction or direct um, relation to the business. But we utilize her. We bounce stuff ideas off, or bounce ideas off her all the time. So right. I, I'd say she's an integral part of the company, but not necessarily a official member of the company. Yeah, it's, you know, being part of the family business is not for every family member, and that's perfectly okay. Um, and realizing that somebody outside of the business has some talents that you don't have, it's nice to be able to say, hey, uh, let me run this past you. Good for you for yes. doing that. Yes. Uh, I, you... I, can, I, I can say in, in indirectly or, or directly, I, I've sent her over like our, our statement of work from the services side that says, hey, does this cover us legally? And it has nothing to do with family law, but making sure that the words in there are, are, are correct and, and protect CAD dimensions. Right. Uh, she's, she's still an asset in that sense. <laughs> I, I think the other thing she does really well is that she brings a non-business perspective to our family discussions. So when we're talking about there's the succession of the, the business, but there's also the succession of our, our parents as well in, in, in kind of the planning that goes into that. 
So I think she she's able where Tom and I are so focused on the business aspect. Mm -hmm. She's able to bring perspective that we don't have, which is yeah. is a, a huge benefit. That's, that's wonderful. No, I appreciate that. Um, speaking of your sister and your, you know, the, the family is a broader, do we, do you guys have a favorite family, Delora family tradition? You know what? It, 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 it's funny, Mike. I, I think when, uh, when you work together, when you live within a few miles of each other, when you spend as much time together as, as we do, it's hard to separate what's a tradition and what's just day-to-day -day life. <laughs> so I think we have a lot of traditions. I just don't know if we consider them traditions. There you go. No, that's totally fair. I asked that question. Sometimes you get some, you know, varied, varied answers. And so I just always like to throw it out there. We, um, we, do, we do try to play in the, uh, there's a father son golf tournament that we play in uh, every year and it's actually growing right where my son now comes along. Tom's son is uh, hopefully going to come along for the, the ride in that as well. So I, I think that, uh, cool. that is something that we, we look forward to every year. Love it. As you're looking at where you're sitting right now, and I know, you know, this COVID thing has changed everything. And so the, the world is different today, but if you're looking at your business, um, what would you say are, you know, two or three of the top pain points, obstacles, frustrations, whether they be family or non-family or just business, what are the things that you guys are have in front of you right now? And I, and I ask this question, because, you know, what I've been finding is that we don't live in a bubble, like we talked about the New York Family Business Center. So I'm just curious, what, what are you looking at? What are the obstacles that you're, you know, working around right now? Sure, I, I, I can jump in and it was kind of mentioned before, but there's been a lot of consolidation within our, within our channel, right, within our industry. There's a lot of private equity money going, in, going into it and, and you're seeing a lot of, you know, former family business or former smaller companies merging with bigger companies. So in, in with that, right, it poses a challenge for us because we don't have the financial resources that, that some of these bigger conglomerates might have. So one of the things that we're actively trying to do is, as Tom mentioned, is really differentiate ourselves from those by the services and more importantly, by the experiences that we provide our, our customers. So really putting the heavy focus on that in, in trying to help our customers understand that the experience they get from CAD Dimensions is not the same as what they would get from, from other players in, in this space in really focusing on that. You, you just answered part two of the question. So it's one is what's the <laughs> obstacle and the other one is how are you combating it? So I just wanna make sure everybody caught that. The obstacle is this consolidation in the, you know, and, and, and going up against the big guys and the way that CAD Dimensions is, you know, overcoming that or combating that is through the values and CAD life and making sure that people understand that they're not just a number and that, uh, you know, they're, they're each, each individual, whether it's an employee or a customer, um, you're bringing something to the table differently uh, on a pretty regular basis. Yeah, I think I, the I think experience of, of working with CAD Dimensions is different than what you would get from, from other players out there. I think part of that experience is, is we're willing to say yes more often than no. Uh, so I think if a, if a customer is going to pitch us an idea and says, hey, hey, here's what I'm thinking. Is this even possible? And they, several times they said, we've gone to three other places. They've all said, no, here's what I want to do. We're going to look at that and really value it and say, yeah, I think we can do this. And, and we'll call upon our customers. We'll call on other family businesses that, to help us get that job done. 
So we we can deliver something to the customer that there's a, that they they are hoping for. Uh, so may, maybe not always the the biggest paying job, but something that they're they're going to find value in, in CAD dimensions that that we can deliver. Yeah, I think it's fair to say we're motivated by the experience more so than the margins or the profit. There's a, a book out there and there's a podcast that I did with Joey Coleman. You might want to grab that. Joey Coleman did a whole thing on never lose a customer again. And it's all about creating that experience and making sure that you've mapped out what that client journey, customer journey looks like. So I got some great things out of that. And it sounds like you're already down that path but you might get one or two things from it. I, I think one of the things that we've learned to do um, uh, fairly well within COVID, and again, it was the quick reaction of how we broke up the sales team and the technical team and, and what we thought we needed to do um, was building that relationship and keeping the relationship without a physical presence. So uh, we've all gone to Zoom as we're on now. We've, you know, it's a wonderful tool. It has helped us tremendously. Um, but yet you still have to be able to maintain that, that relationship with the customer. And I think as Tom and Andy have pointed out, it's part of CAD life. It's part of, you know, we'll look at every project. And, you know, if you're going to, if it will tell you up front, hey, it might be a hard time, but we think we can get it done. Are you willing to go? And um, I think that dedication has proven extremely positive for us. Great. What are some of the goals of the company today? You know, if you're looking out, you know, 10 years from now, so you're, Pete, you looked 10 years out 10 years ago. <laughs> Tom and Andy, what, do you, what is your 10-year plan? I, I, I obviously can't speak to a 10 year. So, so what we've, what we've been doing is, is taking a, a three-year strategic look at the business and, and knowing that it's, it could change into something that we can't foresee. But we feel like with three years, we can, we can truly make an impact on, on how we're doing business. So uh, it started in 2018, we took our first three-year uh, strategic themes and, and we focused on, on four aspects of the business that we can change. And what we just started is, is our next three-year plan where we're taking a focus on, on, again, four aspects of the business that we say, this is something that we know we have to grow, we have to get better at. And, and we're putting employees in, in charge of these theme teams that says, all right, how are you gonna help us grow in services? How are you gonna help us grow in, in service bureau printing? And, and really tackling that and giving a realistic timeline of, of three years that says, this is not a small project, this is not gonna have a simple answer, but really think and plan to say, how are we going to grow this 50%, 100% into its own sustainable business unit uh, are some of those, uh, we call them BHAGs, those big, hairy, audacious goals that are going to allow us to succeed in three years. And at that three-year mark, we get to say, yes, we succeeded. No, we got close. But then we're taking a look at those next three years that says, all right, here's where our business changed. And here's where we have to evaluate. Perfect. I, I want to I want to throw a, a challenge out to the Delora family real quick, if that's all right. Sure. Please. See what you can. And I'm going to share why it's important that that BHAG, see if you can't take that out 10 years. And so and here's what and I'm going to share what happened for me, because I I was a one year at a time planning person for many, many years before I started getting into business coaching and understanding it. And my first, my BHAG was 10 years out. Um, 
three years ago, you know, and so we're looking at that 10 year and that's getting really close for me. And this is why I, I share this. It was getting really close to my potential retirement timeframe. So all of my goal setting was muddled and mucked up with that, that time frame and where it was aligned. So my team and I, we said, how do we, you know, they noticed something. It was like foot on the brake, foot on the gas, foot on, you know, and I was going back and forth with what, what was happening. So we reset the BHAG 20 years out. And what that did for us is all of a sudden now, because the, the, the next from 20 is the three year. And so we, we use it like a telescope to say, if this is what we see 10, you know, 20 years out, this is our North Star. This is the Jim Collins BHAG, right? Yeah. What can, what do we have to do over the next three years to really make a difference? And it changed that 20 year BHAG changed everything for me. Now, granted, you know, will we hit that tw in 20 years? I have no idea, but that North Star allows us to telescope back. So when we're creating priorities for the three year, the one year and the quarterly priorities, it makes those much more realistic. And the three year, we call it the, the three head, the three year highly achievable goal. Um, <laughs> so it just, uh, there's my challenge for the two of you to sit down and, and have a session and maybe even bring in your management team and, 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 and separately, and this is my challenge to you, separately write down what the BHAG and, and think 20 years. You guys are young enough that's putting out 20 years. And if you can do that, I think you'll find some really cool stuff. And the reason why I say write it down individually is each person write it down and then you share them. That way you don't get, end up with groupthink. Sure. So you separate out the management team and get everybody to, and now you're going to be open to some ideas that you know you might not have thought about and, and pete you should be part of that too that you might even challenge the voice to say sure sure <laughs> i like the three hag <laughs> yeah so, so, so like you i i i love the challenge right and i think that's something we can we can definitely take on uh i do think one of the things that is somewhat unique to us is that if uh and i'll go back to when my dad started the company if he put a 10-year goal out there the uh the main our main product, right? The main thing that we sell didn't exist at the time he started the company. So in, in the technology space, yeah. it's, it's hard to know what that next product or that next service is going to be because it, it's, it hasn't been developed yet. So trying to, to keep in front of that is something that we've been, uh, we've been always trying to do. Fair. And so I'll throw in, and this is, I, I'm I'm giving you a little bit. I hope this is, I hope you don't mind, but it's, this is where core purpose Weaved with the core values and the BHAG together create something different. Core purpose never changes. So my company's core purpose is to inspire change. It has nothing to do with any of the technologies or the things that we do. It's all about why do we live? Why do we, why are we out there? So that even though the world may change in how we deliver services and do those things, we're always about inspiring change. So our 20-year BHAG, and I'll, and I'll share it, is our 20-year BHAG is to be this is one of the most recognized. Come on, now I got to pull it out. Oh man, I just did that thing to myself. One of the most, <laughs> one of the most recognized um, creative family 
outsourced family office, you know, mm -hmm. sure. players for the family owned business marketplace. Um, innovative, that was the word. It wasn't creative, one of the most innovative. And so, you know, when we added business coaching, you're not going to, I think it's going to be few and far between that you'll find somebody that says, hey, you know, we manage your investments. We'll do the estate and the tax plan and, and help you with your business succession plan. But we're also, by the way, we're going to coach you on how to grow your business 10x over the next 10 years. Matter of fact, we don't want you to take money out of the business. We want you to reinvest it because you'll make more money than you can, in, you know, in your business. We believe more people can, you know, do that. Sure. Than you're going to make in the stock market. And where most financial advisors, wealth managers are like, how do I get that money out of there so we can manage it? And just a little different twist and in being innovative. I have no idea whether what that market will look like or anything like that. Um, and so you, you, you put that out there, you know, maybe it's not about a number or anything like that. I don't know. I'm happy to chat with you. If you want to have a, a session sometime, I'll ha I'm happy to put it to put it to work with you. Fantastic. Um, uh, I, 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 I love that you have three-year goals, though, and that, and that you're thinking about those things. And that's, I appreciate that. Um, what, tell us, it's, we're 1127. Tell me about the, your management team. What does the structure look like? How many, you know, the, it's the two of you, the three of you, non-family members, family members. What does it look like? And how do you guys make decisions? Yes. So we've got, uh, between the three of us, we also have three other executives or vice presidents that make up our executive team. Uh, majority of which are longtime employees have been with us for 10 plus years. And in, in, uh, you had mentioned five dysfunctions a little earlier, but about three years ago, we went through a comprehensive five dysfunctions training and, and really put the team through the ringer with it, ourselves included, right? So I think that it, it was hard for all of us, but I think what, uh, what we really learned in going through that was how to function together as a, a truly effective team, right? How to, how to have constructive conflict, how to hold each other accountable, how to have that, that desire, the, the uh, focus on the results. So that has been a, uh, a huge impact, a huge benefit for us. Uh, so much of the fact that actually currently this month, we're now taking our, our middle management through that same program. So yeah. we're doing five dysfunctions training with them as well. And not necessarily on how to in, in um, how to utilize that with our management team, but how to transcend that down to their teams, so that they're they're using the five dysfunctions within their individual teams as well. So I think that's been a, a big big part of uh, of our executive and management program has been really relying on on five dysfunctions. Love it! You guys are doing so many great things, and really hats off to you in, in so, thinking like that. That what you just said, Andy, I call that coach cascade. So yeah. you're, you're, how do I cascade the message? You know, in the beginning, it's I want to cascade it from the CEO, from Pete to my leadership team, right? Now it's like, how do I take those leaders and get that cascaded throughout the whole company? Yeah, it's exactly what we're trying to do. And I, I think uh, it's a testament to my dad, right? Having the, the, the vision and foresight to say, hey, you know what? This is a worthwhile investment. Right, because it's it's very time consuming. It's expensive, right? There's a lot that goes into building up that that team of executives and management, and uh, something that we always didn't have the luxury of being able to do, especially early on. So yeah. really, being able to uh, to in, invest in that and embrace that has been a big big step for us. I think there's a huge benefit to your customer as well from doing that stuff because you're yeah. faster to respond because internally people are talking about what's happening, what's not happening and how do we make these things 
better and it, the, 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 you know, the, the employees benefit, but also so do, you know, the customers. And, and again, I, uh, you know, when, when we started doing this, we, we did it initially several years ago and it had such a positive effect. And the, and the boys brought this to me and said, you know, we really need to be looking at doing this for the people coming up behind us. And it was so important and um, it, it didn't take much. We moved it forward and now we're moving it forward again, which I'm absolutely thrilled to see. So, but uh, to, to Andy's point, it does take time. It does take effort. And to your point, it, you have similar tones throughout the company. You have similar feelings and, and conversations throughout the company. So in that regards, it then goes out when a customer calls, we know how they're going to respond. Right. Right. Yeah. All right. We're at the top of the hour. What I'd love for each of you to do, you're sitting down at a restaurant, uh, you're having a cocktail after a family business day and a family member of another family business is coming up to you and saying, Tom, one piece of advice. What's the one thing that I need to be focused on? And I, if I grab that from each of you, that'd be great. Yeah. So, so uh, I, I can kick off. I, I think the, the biggest piece of advice I can give to, to another family business is, is you are definitely not alone in this. So I, I think the, the more that you can find, whether it's a family business center or, or a colleague that, that is in a family business, the, the ability to share what you're going through and realizing that other people are going through it and then learning from that. So, so learning the, the pitfalls of successions from somebody that's already gone through it or, or just sharing, not necessarily petty, but, but sharing some of those day-to-day -day of frustrations. Uh, again, somebody has gone through that. It might not be the same line of business. It may not be exactly what you do. They're the same relationships and they're the same things that occur. So, so definitely find, find that net, whether it's a family business center or just, like, like I said, colleagues that, that you can share and bounce ideas off of. Great. Thank you. I can, uh, I can jump in next and I'll say surround yourself with good people. Um, I, I think that, uh, you know, all of us have gone through, you know, strength finders and knowing what our, our strengths are and strengths are and what our, our lesser strengths are and really looking for people that complement those lesser, lesser strengths to build, uh, build our team. And I think my, as my dad mentioned, we, we had, you know, for 20 plus years, key employees that, that really worked hand in hand with him to, to grow the business and build the business. And, and Tom and I have been able to kind of take that and, and transition that into a, a newer executive team of, of people that have been with us for 10 plus years and, and really growing the company together with that team approach versus an individual approach, I think is what I would, uh, what I would recommend to other family businesses. Thank you. Yeah, I would just close it off by saying, um, I think one of the things I would pass on is to, to, to be a good listener, to listen to what your team is telling you, to listen to others, uh, whether they be consultants or, or um, words of encouragement. Um, I think being able to listen and, and understand where to go, having that vision is key. Um, but in addition to what the boys have said, um, you know, trusting people as you go forward, the only way you're going to be able to do that is to understand them and, uh, and, and listen to them as well. So um, I would look at it. It's a combination of all of it. It, it takes a lot of encouragement and um, it, it takes it. 
you just got to have a little bit of ambition and a little bit of spark, right? I mean, we all have it. Being an entrepreneur, I can think of nothing else, you know, having done it. So um, it, it's absolutely a thrill uh, to go to work every day. Thank you, gentlemen. Pete, Andy, Tom, the Delora family from CAD Dimensions. You guys are in Syracuse, <laughs> New York. I just want to, you know, really heartfelt thank you for joining us and sharing with, you know, our audience today. My name's Michael Columbus. I'm with Family Wealth and Legacy in Rochester, New York, and you have been listening to the Family Biz Show. Make sure to tune in to future episodes or even go back and check out the past ones because they're, they're, every episode is evergreen and there's just some great you know, information out there for you. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Have a great day. Thanks, Michael. Thanks for listening to The Family Biz Show. We appreciate your time and trust to deliver the best guests and most cutting edge information to help you maximize your family business. Being part of a family is tough. Add a business to that and it gets even tougher. Tune in next week as we strive to ease your journey with The Family Biz Show. The content presented is for informational and educational purposes. The information covered and posted are views and opinions of the guests and not necessarily those of Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation. Michael Columbus is a registered representative of Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation, a broker dealer, member SIPC, and registered investment advisor. Insurance offered through Lincoln Financial Affiliates and other fine companies. Family Wealth and Legacy, LLC, is not an affiliate of Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation. Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation and its representatives do not provide legal or tax advice. You may want to consult a legal or tax advisor regarding any legal or tax information as it relates to your personal circumstances.